0: everybody. Welcome to Little Rock Games Game of the Month podcast. Uh, I'm Robbie Hunt. This month we played Ape Escape 2. I'm joined by Joe, Brad, Tanner,
1: and Olivia.
0: So we played Ape Escape 2 by, uh, developed by Sony Computer Entertainment Japan and was published by Ubisoft and Sony Computer Entertainment. Originally for the PS2 and we played the remastered edition on the PS4, and it is a 3D platformer um, where you run around and you catch monkeys that are running amok in the various levels.
1: Not to be confused with apes.
0: Not to be confused with apes, that's exactly right. So, what are everybody's just initial thoughts on the game?
2: I'm glad I figured out how the camera works. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Controls
1: are going to be a large part of this conversation. Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah um
3: it i i loved all the sort of the, the the way that it melded puzzly but still running around in a in a world um that was kind of cool yeah i think it did that better than a lot of the other ones i haven't played a ton of these kinds of games but uh better than like the mario mario world was that the one where you ran
4: around and
2: did it looked very similar it's
4: very similar yeah, yeah. So it was a bit of a nostalgia trip for me. I've never played Ape Escape 2 before this, but I played the first one. It was probably one of the first 3D games that I played as a kid that I remember playing at least. Uh, so there was a lot of memories from that.
1: Yeah, me too. Ape is, the first Ape Escape game was like a huge part of my life for a while. <laughs> it was one of those games that I played over and over and over again because I didn't have a memory card. I'll always play the first level and see if I could beat it. You know, with it within the like three hours I had at my babysitter or whatever. Um, and so it was really cool to me to play the second one now after having a lot more, you know, playing a lot more games and coming back to it, seeing it, and it was interesting to compare the two experiences.
0: So, <clears throat> when the game was made, uh, this was a time when three D games were not necessarily new. We were already on the PlayStation 2. But I remember uh, subscribing to many game magazines at the time and every single review always dedicated a large chunk of space to talking about the camera in 3D games. And the the camera controls were always like a big deal. And I think game developers at the time were like obsessed with this idea of like, we're gonna have an AI that controls the camera and it's always gonna work, it's gonna be great. We just need to perfect this algorithm. I think largely that's like been abandoned now, and mm-hmm. I think they want to give players control of the camera uh, always all the time. And um, yeah, this game came out around that time where camera controls were just sort of still being explored. So it was interesting to see like again, like we've all sort of mentioned that, it was interesting to see uh, where we were in gaming at that time on on the note of camera controls I
3: think like looking back in my experience with these kinds of games um I think that the poor camera control or the poor the frustrating camera aspects of all of those old kinds of games uh Mario world and all that is is a key part of what like never let me get really into those kinds of games as as a i mean part of the fact that was that I was older. I was in my 20s by the time those games came out, really, and really exploded, um, and maybe even you know, late, late 20s. And I was you know, starting a career and uh, being an adult, sort of, uh, <laughs> insofar as I was being an adult. Um, and I, but, but I think that the, when the, in the times that I did try to play those kinds of games uh, with my nephews, or with, you know, uh, at a friend's house, just the frustration of the camera stuff, yeah. Uh, drove me nuts
1: it's a lot I mean it, it does sort of feel like they were trying to figure it out
3: yeah,
5: yeah. yeah um, I can see that there was
1: a lot of moments of where it worked really well but then because I uh, we mentioned the figuring out the camera because there's a mechanic that they don't tell you about, <laughs> which is a way to get it to automatically look where you're facing. It's yeah. one of the one button on the controller will do that. But sometimes it like forces you to be where they want the camera to yeah. be anyway. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's more open, um, but it does lots of like it's it's this weird it's in this weird hybrid space. And the first game was like that too. Honestly, um, from just what I remember of the first game and this game, which the first game was a PS1 game. Okay. Right, my bad. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yes, it was. It like... was
4: the the transition into having dual shot controllers. Yes, yeah, so pretty so early in the beginning. It was
1: essentially like glorified tech demo for look, you can have two mm-hmm. joysticks on your controller, and that's why it has all these weird, crazy movement mechanics. Mm-hmm. They were trying to show it off, mm-hmm. right? And but all everything from the way that the character moves, from like the sort of sluggish jumping animations to um to the camera controls it feels very much like the original game which was a ps1 game right so it's really interesting to me that it didn't feel like they had really upgraded much other than i don't know the the models are a lot nicer there some of the levels were better designed than Mm -hmm. i remember the first game being um but mechanically it was really similar So uh, that I'm not sure what to think about just because there's a whole console generation gap between them.
2: It is wild, though, to think about, right, the the kind of expectations that we have of games, 3D games now, Mm -hmm. and to see those. Because I I so rarely play games, and and I, I didn't play a lot of 3D stuff in that early. I played some sports games during that period, so like the early Maddens and the early NHL games, when they first shifted over from from sprite-based to, to 3D, but but yeah, to see like levels that feel really small, right? So you're like, that's mm-hmm. the whole level? <laughs> and you think, it's only because now the, the levels are these expansive, mm-hmm. either you're in an open world where there's no level to speak of, or you're in these huge,
4: you know... Um, really detailed environments. Yeah, mind. exactly. But not even just that yeah. they're large.
2: Yeah, like- um, and so to have the levels, especially the early ones, end so quickly, just felt
0: strange
2: um, so, along with I, a whole host of yeah. kind of old old nostalgic
0: I actually, things. I really like that about it. Like, the, the levels do open up later on as you go in the game. But I appreciated that, like, they're just easing you into the game and just showing you new things. Mm-hmm. So they're not, you don't have to slog through an entire, like, big level while you're just still learning things. Um, the interesting
1: I, thing about that, too, is that they don't really, like... Each individual level, like they don't really asset swap, like no. they don't really reuse stuff. If everyone has its own unique theme, yeah. and yet some of them you're only in them for like five minutes. Yeah,
5: yeah.
1: you know, you just run through it and that's mm-hmm. it. And yet they're still like totally unique. Yeah, and yeah, that was really cool.
3: I liked that they, in along with that, that they, you would get if your goal was well, if there was eight monkeys on a on a level. Uh, you only had to get five of them, or three of them, and then that right. left you all of these other ones to come back to mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that, that left more possibilities even in that small yeah. level yep. world.
4: When I, I think one really interesting thing about this game, and this this touches on a lot of like topics uh, that I am particularly interested in, but it, it's sort of a rare insight back into like how games have progressed, and we, we t- talked about this a little bit, but I don't think that's usually in the sort of consciousness of like. People playing games. Mm-hmm. I'm really thinking about it in the same way that we look at other media, like like film, like how the techniques have evolved. And I think part of that has to do with uh, sort of the difficulties of game preservation. Yeah. So like the fact that every couple years there's an entirely new yeah. platform to engage with games, and we have you know sort of uh, emulators, which which helps some, but it's not like you can just easily set down and play a game from 30 years ago the same way you can watch a movie from even, like, 100 years ago. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and this
1: game was one of the few that was lucky enough to get ported onto the newest console. Yeah. We're already even seeing games that were remastered for the PS3 that you can't play anymore yeah, yeah. because you can't play them on the PS4. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's it's just it's that. really quickly mm-hmm. catching yeah. up to, you know...
3: So play. it used to feel like that was uh, the reason for that was... I mean, well, I don't know. Is that because... What we used to think, that it was a money
4: grab, like... Well, I mean, I think it is and it isn't. I mean, because nobody wants... I mean, widely speaking, nobody wants to still be playing on, like, a PS1. Right. Like, in 2019.
3: and But I can still play the DVDs that I bought when DVD players first came out.
4: Yeah. But the the jump in, like, level of detail and, like, intensity between, like, even just the 20 years between, like, PS1 yeah. and PlayStation 4 is, like monumentally different than, like, old movies, right? Because, yeah. I mean, even analog film has a really high resolution, so you can essentially go and, with yeah. pretty little effort, remaster yeah. a well, movie but, from yeah. Yeah, and if you go Yeah, as far as the 60s, at least, yeah. 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 And
1: this is an issue for some films as well, but there's also an issue of there not being an effort put out to preserve source code for games, Because mm-hmm. right. mm-hmm. it takes a massive amount of storage, right? And, like, uh, like, for example, like, I'm, recently Square Enix has been remastering and rebooting a lot of their older games. But the issue with that is that they do not have any of the source code from the original game. So most of these remasters that you're seeing, like Final Fantasy X remastered, Final Fantasy IX like, yeah. remastered, it's a they're grounds remaster. up mm-hmm. recreations yeah. of the game because uh-huh. they don't have them anymore. And the fact that it takes so much effort to, like, restore them... It's incredible that it happens at all, much right. less for obscure games that you know that mm-hmm. might be important to somebody, but they don't exist anymore. I, I, this like, is a little bit of a too, compl- <laughs> We're not talking about obscure no, but, but but it is,
0: it is important because a lot of the a lot of the reactions that we're having to this game are about you know just a, the specific moment in time that when it came out, because and we're all a game designers, so it's interesting to us. It's yeah. really highly rated. Like yeah. nine
4: out of ten on IGN and eighty two percent on Metacritic for like for how it feels. Sort of looking back on it, like yeah. in, in the day, that was a, a yeah. really solid game. It was a solid you know? mascot but so,
2: platformer. I yeah. wanted to
4: just talk a little more though about this idea about preservation and also
2: again because we've done this before. And a lot of obviously a lot of critics who look at games talk about this relationship between game and film. Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot of game design houses spend a lot of time thinking about how film works to try to get their cutscenes and other things mm-hmm. to be filmic. Um, But there's also the issue of kind of the emotional content, Mm -hmm. and it raises a really interesting question. So when we think about classic films, right, so if you think about, like, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which is a film that's been pretty well-preserved from 1969, Mm -hmm. um, it's on analog film, but as you say, it's in 70 millimeter, and it's it's really, you know, you can get a really high-quality experience of it technically. The emotional content of that film, it, it, it raises some interesting questions about what kinds of experiences games are provided then that are fundamentally different from, like, so, so if, you, if you think about games from, say, the early 2000s or the late 90s, this is, I guess, the point I'm trying to make, can you pick one out and say, well, that experience was so significant to me that there's no other game that's ever given me anything like it. Right. And, I, and I'm not sure I have so, an answer to that, but that's the reason that films in particular are, are preserved mm-hmm. is because that emotional content, people can visit that film over and over or for the first time and have that experience.
0: Yeah. But Anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So there, there's a couple other things too. So one of the other reasons why it's hard to emulate things is because if you're going to emulate a processor, you need a more powerful processor by a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And so it's only, I mean, not recent. I guess it's maybe like it's only been maybe 8 years since we've been able to even start to pro or to emulate a ps2 and that was and that was like towards in like the middle of the ps3's life cycle and so we're still not able to uh emulate a ps3 very well you'd need like a super top tier pc to even try and probably most games would fail um so that that's part of it too is that you your your normal pc would have to get to a certain point before you can emulate it. And the only the old, like the best way to play an old game is with the original console. But once they stop making it, they stop making it and there's not people don't clamor to do it because the they're making these games for the stereotypical gamer. And the stereotype that people have is that they want bigger games with more intense graphics. So why would they ever bother with anything else? Because it is a less epic game with less good graphics. So there's no reason. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that goes back to Joe's point uh, and kind of a question
3: is like a movie like Bush Cassidy and Son as a kid, you can go back to. What's the difference? What's the fundamental difference of why you can't go back to uh, Ape Escape One, maybe, at, with the same universality
0: right. that you can go back to these other so movies? So, here, I, I don't think there is much of a difference because when I watch it, so if someone who was closer. Uh, to being alive when Butch Cassidy and the Sundance came out, maybe they can watch it and have a reaction. Mostly, when I watch a movie made before, let's say '85, I'm just bored, and I just want okay. it to get to yeah. the good part, and then it, and then it's over. And I'm glad. <laughs>
4: well, and I, I think a lot of it also has to do... I have this, like, pet theory, and it's probably not, but I felt like I came up with it on my own, so <laughs> yes. I like it. Uh, But, like, about cycles of maturity in emerging media, um, so that, you know, movies and uh, even comics and games have all followed, like, a similar pattern in development. And part of that is is emotional maturity, like the sort of stories and experiences they're conveying. And the other part of that is technical maturity, like how they actually execute that. So I think that there's there's not a totally unfair comparison to sort of like the, the original Nickelodeons like in mm-hmm. the, the sort of bad like comedies and stuff like that that you see like turn of the century. I think that's it's not necessarily a linear progression. So yeah. those were yeah. more like cheap thrills. And I think you see more of that with older games. I and mean, yeah. that's not all of it. But we also don't see a particular push to preserve those outside of just General historical value. Yeah. Like, nobody's really. There's not a huge push to be like, oh man, I love the the 30-second, like, black-and-white nudie film from, like, 1902. <laughs> right. but Or a train coming at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? That's yeah. all really just preserved for, for historical context. Right. Yeah. Like, a little sample of it.
1: And there's a lot of games that are being preserved for that reason as well. Like, there's games from the 90s in museums, and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's it's still there. But you're right about the difference in emotional investment. Yeah. Maybe a reason why that it's right. just treated differently right now. And that's, that's right the, now. the train yeah.
4: thing's a good point, because I think that's similar to how some of the games from even not that long ago just aren't as exciting. You know, like, I can't picture myself being as alarmed as people allegedly were about a movie about a train coming right. Right towards mm-hmm. you. Um, because, like, the experiences have just gotten so much richer. Mm-hmm. But I remember that like the novelty of having an analog stick and sort of how that was like moving in three like, D space. His arm yeah. moves in right. the same
3: direction as really my stick. That. It was Swipe like to yeah. get the yeah. you mean more it than felt, four directions? Yeah, it <laughs> right. felt
1: incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like I was totally like even as you know, like a little kid, I was absolutely enthralled by that. Just mm-hmm. being able the fact that I had to actually get my helicopter up to speed before well, right. I could well, take, yeah. so Joe like,
3: remembers you'll remember like Hubert. That it was on, uh, yeah, it had and, an iso- and another it was one an was, was Zaxxon. Yeah, uh, isometrics. That, so, so the it you only had four directions, but because they were twisted, or, or do you also probably remember when the first games where you had you could go in eight directions rather than just
4: four. Yes, yeah,
3: that's a, that's a kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of what you're talking thing. about yeah. and that I, jump. Yeah.
4: I feel like Robbie's initial point about about like camera controls, like sort of what we were hung up on initially. I think it's a really good example because. I actually, disagree. I don't think we took like as developers took our hands off the controls of the camera, um, but it's just way more subtle um, in terms of how we do it. So I think the player feels like they have a lot yeah. of control, but we handle all the small stuff. So the camera is almost never going to like clip through the wall in a modern but game. even you know? when it
1: does all the, even when it does stuff like mm-hmm. it pays attention to what stuff they always can see. Yeah, right? even if it's not in what the camera actually how it actually moves it's just how the camera sees.
4: Yeah. And I think like those magazines that's just sort of a snapshot of of that process in motion people trying to to figure out the common conventions for how to do it. Yeah. Uh and I think we we generally aren't super aware of that. Um, and how that plays out in real time. And it
1: is really interesting because this came out for the PS2, but it really feels like it was on the back end of people figuring that. Because, I mean, we had games like Spyro on PS1 where you had full 100% complete control of the camera, right? There was no sticky camera at all. And so we had a little bit of everything already. And I feel like maybe the first game innovated, but I'm just curious about where the specifically Ape Escape 2 sits on that spectrum. And maybe, I don't know. It, it,
0: I don't know I I it came
2: out in 03? 02.
0: 02. 02. 02. Yeah. But I, I just think that around that time, because so much of it was up in the air, I just feel like a lot of games could get away with, well, we had these camera controls in the first game, so now we're going to use them they in the second game, and, we're, mm-hmm. and what we're going to choose to innovate on is level design and character mm-hmm. design and that, mm-hmm. and we'll just keep the same engine from before because it worked from before and and everybody else is just experimenting anyway so all all we would do like there's no like proven best method yet so they just figured it worked before let's 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 innovate on what we can mm-hmm. they yeah. they innovated on the variety of monkey bosses that they right. made. Yeah. the bosses yeah. so, there was only
1: one boss in the first game but
0: <laughs> just just real quick so yes when i watch an old movie generally i'm i'm just bored but i do get some things out of it like Gosh, like movies could do this back then mm-hmm. and not everything had to be about the end of the world, or not everything had mm-hmm. to be about, you know, some monumentous gargantuan thing. That's pretty cool. Like 9/11. And so <laughs> right. right. And so so one of the things that I liked about Ape Escape was that the levels weren't epic and large and huge. And I really could and not every little nook and cranny had something to do in it. It was just I'm here to yeah. catch monkeys. There are things and in t- the way, and t- yes. right? And, and there are th- pants, <laughs> and there are things in, in the pants. way, and I just need to avoid those obstacles and catch the monkeys. Uh-huh. But they, they, it still has rich content in it, yeah. like it the, really does. the monkeys all have stats, and they have names, and they have, and like, you can, they yeah. have yeah. Almost,
1: like all the are different, all right, yeah, yeah, they yeah. all behave yeah. differently, they all like. To a ridiculous level, they have all
2: the yeah, you right. know? It's like wonderful um, so, stars of aggressiveness. No, but, but it even
1: goes beyond that because did you guys unlock any of the mini games? No. I unlocked two of them.
2: But I used the gumball machine quite a bit. Yeah, yeah okay. well, I
1: unlocked two of them. One oh. of them is monkey soccer, football, monkey football. <laughs> <laughs> and they have like 40 stats. That are all unique, yeah. <laughs> and it's a complete like FIFA clone yeah. in the game, where you have the monkeys and you recruit them on your team, and they have like exhaustion levels and like what? Yeah, like there's crazy lengths they went to to. I, I give saw the that. Detail to I all. I saw monkeys. that on
0: the wiki and on a YouTube thing. Yeah. <laughs> when I see and when I see those things in the game, it. it I. It reminds me of we we've talked about this uh, at least amongst ourselves. I'm not sure about in the podcast how nowadays gamers or at least games uh, think that gamers want the maximum amount of content per like dollar spent. <laughs> so like they just want like just give them a bunch of stuff that they can do to like fill their days and a bunch pre- of fetch quests. Yeah, yeah, fetch <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's a fetch quest? And and this this stuff like that reminds me that like it's it's always kind of been there. We've always wanted to like fill games with like interesting things just to look at or to, to consider, like ridiculous amounts of stats in a mini game that maybe not everybody will play. You, might,
1: you have to like randomly unlock right. the mini game.
0: But but in these games, or at least in these old games. And, and Ape Escape 2, playing it, reminds me that it's, maybe it's not just nostalgia talking, that it always felt more genuine back then. That it felt like like these are there's genuine obstacles for me to try to accomplish. And I don't have to, because you can play this whole game and not accomplish those. But if I do, it's so rewarding to like get to do it and experience it. Whereas nowadays, it feels more like...
1: It's there if you want it, versus...
0: Yeah, like they, they just threw a hundred extra things in the level for me to collect, simply because... They knew that my brain would want to do that, okay, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> and they yeah. were right. Little dopamine <laughs> bursts, I, I right? Do right. Do... And that's literally like uh-huh. it's literally just
2: that cynical. Yeah, the uh, the cool one of the my favorite things in terms of if we're talking about sort of game design elements, um, I thought that the, and I never got tired of it. The the netting. Oh, yeah. Juiciness oh, was yeah. so it feels juicy. So like, the, when you good. freaking met them and you're yeah. like, <laughs> miss, miss, yeah. miss. And then it wrong does Wrong In my favorite. That moment of transition <laughs> with the like lightning storm. And the and really the, nice oh, sound of oh, that. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I can't <laughs> wait to catch another monkey.
4: I don't I, remember this in, in the first game. It might have been there. It's been really a really long time. But my favorite thing about that whole, that whole process is the fact that it starts. It sort of tries to predict whether or not yeah. you're gonna actually land yeah. the catch, so like the camera starts to turn yeah. and the music starts to rise, yeah. and then you'll miss,
0: and <laughs> it dies, <laughs> and so you're like, "Ah, yeah, you yeah, were, were of, so like, close!" Yeah. And, and the game lets you know, yeah. Yeah. "Oh, we know you were really close too." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, But no, that
2: that was really satisfying the way that they they kind of made that that moment. Yeah, and kind of,
1: especially because there's so many like the whooshes. are just it's just like whoosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. whoosh. Yeah. Well, well the number some... of times I
2: missed. Yeah. If if this game existed today, that stat you'd go to like the like oh, a, sure. like hundred percent for it, and it would yeah. be like number of monkeys missed forty six thousand two hundred right. and forty, and there would be an but, achievement for yeah. like never missing a swing. would be like, speed runs like and you've missed a hundred thousand monkeys. Uh. <laughs> you got this achievement.
0: Yeah. 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 One one of the notes that I have uh, touches on something that Olivia brought up was that the controls feel like a lot of the controls on Wii games, where it feels like this is really fun and interesting most of the time, and some of the time it just seems like, I'm not quite sure why you're doing that, but but ultimately you know why they did it. They do it because they're, they're trying to justify the existence of this new thing. Mm. So now you have this Wii remote, and they're just sort of exploring all the different things you could do. This is one of the first games where or at least Ape Escape 1 was one of the first games where that took full advantage of the dual shock and they were just sort of exploring what can you do if you have two analog sticks Yeah,
1: I remember it came with a warning that was like if you do not have the dual shock two Yeah,
0: you, cannot you can't play. play. This game. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so a lot of the, like a lot of the gadgets that you get are sort of like yeah, and then you you move the left analog stick to do this and then you do the right yeah. one and you pull it back and you do it. Yeah. Yeah, the hula... If each yeah.
1: one is, like, totally different, yeah. too. Like, yeah. they have totally... Like, yeah. and, and, and part of me is annoyed. I'm like, I don't want to have to remember the controls for each me individual too. thing. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is that they're all there just for fun. Yeah. Like, you don't have to use half of the stuff that they give no, you, yeah. and you can still play through the game, yeah. right? Like, the, the monkey yeah. radar. Monkey and radar, and I was just about to say. That yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the banana lure which i never used oh i
0: i there's there's monkeys you can only
4: There's there. a, there's a yeah, few of them yeah, that you
1: can, that i have to and i'm just like great now i have to use that those to that was
4: thing. one of the ones where the controls didn't really land for oh me. I'm no like, not I had, at like, all like the inverted like, but that was a
1: new one in ape escape 2 yeah, So it, is, it was yeah. not in the
4: first one
3: bringing this slightly full circle um and and for our future podcast in two more episodes we're going to be talking about our long form game Uh, God of War. Boy of War. Boy.
1: Boy. Data (laughs) boy.
3: Data boy. But it has War boy. It has that same kind of thing where, and we, I was watching you play it last weekend. Witness (laughs) me. Sorry. (laughs) Where they, you've got all of these little crazy kooky things that all the different controls do, and all these almost to a ridiculous level. But it, it, uh, what you just said about the the controls doing all these crazy things reminded me of that. I I had a point to make. You you have a a lot of different things that you can do,
0: but ultimately, this is, you know,
2: we are
3: creatures of habit.
0: A a, uh, a preview of God of War, but like. You can get through the whole game and just smash stuff. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to do all the crazy all combos the and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's
1: that's great too. Because right. I'm thinking of it as like, because this is this is a game for kids. Like normally, yeah, yeah. I'm like, games are for kids. Oh, so, <laughs> you know? but this game is a game for yeah, kids, yeah. and just giving people lots of fun toys to play yes, with. Yes,
2: absolutely. And, like a hula hoop, or yeah. in
1: creative ways to solve the problems. That's what I liked all
3: about all the different tools. tools. Yeah, that that you, there there. It, it had that puzzle aspect. And a lot of times when they do that in a game where you have a, a variety of tools, uh, Ocarina of Time, I remember, was this way. Like, it, it's You have this whole bag of tools, and even mm-hmm. the tool itself has this whole different set of songs that you can do in different spots, and you have to get to the right spot, re- figure out which tool to use to get past that little piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. In, in Ape Escape, there were so many different little ways, like yeah that's a clever way to use that mm-hmm. boomerangy thing with a
1: few exceptions, like obviously, like I have to use the race car to go under the door because nothing yeah. else right. can do yeah. that, but I mean for yeah, the yeah. most part but it's, I mean that's I don't know but
0: you can you can also use the race car to just trip things, yeah yeah, but you can but here's the thing when I was that when I was however old I was in two thousand three I would like I, I was at, that was the height of me loving America's Funniest Home Videos. So, <laughs> I, I, if, if I had this game back then, I would have just, rat, I would have just tripped monkeys, like, just over and over, and just, like, laughed every single time. Right. I'm laughing now, just thinking of that.
3: We did that back on the Sega with, did anybody, have y'all ever heard of, or played Toe Jam and Earl? Yeah.
1: Toe yeah. Jam and yeah. Earl? Okay, yeah. good. I, yeah. I thought more This game is just enough. full of little fun stuff, like yeah. that, right? It's, yeah. just, it's entertaining. Like, just well, being able to look at the like to look at the monkey radar and see what, what's the monkey doing right now. Yeah. Is he sitting there reading a magazine or is he or is he polishing his sunglasses? I don't know.
4: Well, one thing I, I actually think that, that Ape Escape is doing way better than tons of games do now. Um, is they they teach you how to use all of these tools. Oh, like, Yeah. And it's it's not even really like intrusive. They're like, we're gonna you can like, call this telephone in the game, yeah. and we'll tell you how to use it. And you can also go to this optional training facility, yeah. and you can learn how to use it. And she asks you. Yeah. you like, well, you, here's a new tool. You want to learn how to use it? Go to the training. And they'll, they'll kind of remind you. Like, you sure you want to go? You
3: don't, yeah. haven't learned how to <laughs>
4: use the hula Hoop yet? I've noticed you're kind of an idiot with the other tools. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you, you don't know, want like, to go take a tutorial? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I just I love that, because I hate this whole notion of, like... Like, get good, like, you just yeah, have to figure yeah, out how to use yeah. it, like, fail hard and fail quickly. I'm like, no, no, well, I'm yeah. playing this game, you're supposed to teach me, like, how the base level mechanics work. Right. Like, I hate that, I hate that
3: in other games too, except there's one game that I did like it in, and that's near Automaton. Oh, sure. There, they hear a still. Yeah. <laughs> we, it's been months. I still can. Adam- Adam- yeah, yeah, Adam- that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that they just gave you all—not only different tools, but different perspectives in the game—and mm-hmm. you were like, "Oh, we're we're doing this now." I I. That's one of the few exceptions yeah. to that rule, but ninety-nine percent of the time, it's I've like heard the it.
4: the old adage: like learn the the. The, the rules before you break them right mm, like if yeah. you can break mm-hmm. them in a way that's interesting and effective that's awesome but I, I think it's particularly a problem in like indie games and so it's probably more of like a technical limitation like budget and time but I just I can't stand it when the game just like oh you just don't
0: intuitively know how to do this thing
4: yeah uh, uh like spending forty five minutes figuring that out like the,
0: <laughs> the th- part that reminds me the most about that was when we got the um there's the uh, the helicopter thing. And, they, and they, the training specifically tells you, you can double jump and then use it, and then you can get up even higher. Mm-hmm. And there are many indie games that they'll be like, we'll teach you how to dash, we'll teach you how to jump, and we'll teach you how to double jump. And then at some point, they'll just be like, here's this really long gap... Figure out the fact that you can chain these things together. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of not fair. Yeah. Because that, that's great for me if I've played other games before. Yeah. But if someone's coming along and they've never played it before. It's monumentally be frustrating. Yeah. There games that, that don't even attempt to tell you the controls. Like, oh, they just sure. say, go do this. And I'm yeah. like,
4: okay, what? well, I've played platformers or shooters before, so I know what like the conventions are. But... Yeah, how can you just assume, gonna, assume that? I was like, going to
1: say, not even the controls, but also the conventions. because yeah. uh, th- And this was recently a conversation I've been seeing lots of game developers have that with the resurgence or just the emergence of Battle Royale games, mm-hmm. because they reward you for being good at shooters, they do not teach you how to be good
5: at
1: shooters. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, like, I mean, they assume that you've spent the last 10 years playing every single first-person shooter that come out on the market and a vast majority of their audience has but if you haven't and you start playing the game there is nothing to prepare you for what you're supposed to do and how it works that's
3: a barrier for for me absolutely many Mm
1: -hmm. many many people Mm -hmm. it is and and it's and it's just an interesting problem, right? I mean, does that mean that they have to have a single player mode where people can sort of figure it out on their own? But even then, there's there's a gap there between what the rest of the people playing the game are gonna how mm. they're gonna respond mm-hmm. and and not. And, and sometimes right. you'll get lucky and you'll get somebody on your team that's like, oh yeah, in this game, this is this, and so you <laughs> need to go look for this and yeah. stay with me and do this. But, T- how yeah. many? T- how long is it going to take for you to find somebody that is like that before finding you know the complete? It is an experience. interesting
2: general question, though. I mean, if we come back to the film comparison, right? I mean, so you know, like I definitely watch films that I don't like, mm-hmm. right? I watch them because I think, well, this could be interesting, and then it turns out for me, at least, <laughs> it's not. And sometimes that's because it's trying to do things that are really now. In my, I watch a lot of movies, so there are very few films that go kind of outside of my range but I could imagine someone who watches a pretty narrow range of film and you're, you're like oh, instead of going to Endgame why don't we go to this French film and, yeah, you know, yeah. and that person's like I don't understand what's happening here I don't like this experience at all and so the interesting question to me is is, is that a waste of time, right? to say mm-hmm. well, either A, that film should be doing something differently to bring that audience in, or B the fact that that person had such a problem is a problem and, and you know, and and I yeah. don't know that either of those things is, is
4: necessarily. But well, I, I think a uh, large part of that gets at like the the, the ways we engage with those two separate mediums. Like part of why I think games have been particularly slow to, to evolve those conventions is how, like, like expansive it is, right? The conventions for one kind of a game are totally different than another kind of game. But but film is passive, so like mm-hmm. yes, yeah, somebody invented the montage, and like <laughs> that that was a, there was a transitionary people were like
2: what, what is going on yet? you know why <laughs> like, did this music start exactly like why is he doing all those push-ups why yeah. we watching the train <laughs> right? and
1: it's hard to tell to me if we're in that transition period for a certain genres of games or if it's a you know, a fault of developers for not trying to bring yeah. people in the yeah. pool.
4: Well I think it's it's both, but but ultimately the movie will continue to happen even if you don't understand it. That's yeah. not always true of games. So if you just don't understand how a mechanic works, you won't progress and you won't experience the rest of it. Right, Whereas you can,
2: yeah, no, I think that's totally true. But at the same time, right, I mean, people just tend to tune out of a mood. Like, yeah. you know, so it's it's that same fracture, right? Definitely. Which is like, I'm gonna just look at my phone, or I'm gonna think about what I'm gonna do for lunch tomorrow, or, and so it is, in, in one sense, that same fracture that occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, f- f- just for the record, right, so there's, I think, general agreement that films reach their peak in the 70s. Yeah. So if we take the first instances of film, which are around, 19, you know, 1900, 1905. That's almost 70 years to get to again emotionally and technically the sort
4: of, mm-hmm. and that's with like I said like a narrower set, yeah, of possibilities that's, in terms of how mm-hmm. you can show things to the audience. Yeah. Like- now
2: obviously we're accelerated technically because I mean the rate at which in 20 years we've advanced, but but you could you could make a good case that it could be 20 or 30 years before we figure out. And the cool thing, too, is that I think there's so many, especially in the kind of indie realm, there's so many really cool things happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with, like, procedural narrative. I mean, take Dwarf Fortress, right, which doesn't even exist on Steam, doesn't exist on any console as Yet. far as I know. But this, what it does with narrative, like with constructing a world and then making a narrative out of it that people share, like, yeah, and that's just, that's two guys like at the beginnings of something that could grow over the next three decades to be all that we do in games right is create these procedural algorithms that create whole narrative experiences without anybody ever writing a line of of text mm-hmm. um anyway i didn't mean to step up on my <laughs> box but um That's but my i box it's i i'm just stunned by by how that technical progression is happening um like kind of right alongside ai progressions mm-hmm. like in other areas of the market I just can't imagine what we're going to see in a decade in terms of like game AIs that do, right, do stuff combining uh,
3: procedural generation, uh, better AI technology. Uh, what's the one the Google uh, where they make the crazy pictures that look all creepy with the Picture-ing. eyes? Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. But the, the technology behind <laughs> that when you start putting all of those together into this into yeah. one thing where it's it's well, brilliantly uncharted territory mm-hmm. that the, might be the end of us all.
0: The thing that worries me about that is that the developers will use it to make thousand hour games. Or they'll use it to make a game that has like a million different like fractals of like things within things that you can explore. What? And or like like there's a game that someone was telling me about. I'm sure someone will email us or something about it where, the, yes, there is a base world where you can explore and there's dungeons and all the dungeons have levels and stuff, but also each individual piece of equipment, uh, the characters can go into the piece of equipment and each piece of equipment is its own hundred story dungeon and if you defeat that dungeon, like that piece of equipment like levels up. That's brilliant. So, yeah. So there's like a, there, <laughs> but it's also, that's too much content. Yeah. Right. That's an excessive amount of
3: content. Well, I mean, yeah. you, might, you said, uh, but,
2: uh,
0: well, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so, but I think the lesson to take from Ape Escape is that, <laughs> like, not like there's a brand new sentence. Well, no, really. The yeah. lesson to take from Ape Escape is you can have fun, like by just running around a a very small space. Yeah catching monkeys that all have predictable behavior, but also Kind of not, yeah. <laughs> like you think, like, like monkeys. <laughs> they, exactly, they act like monkeys, and you and it should be easy to With, just swing your neck. Machine
2: guns, right? Some of them have machine
0: guns and rocket launchers. It's a cautionary tale, oh,
2: really. They got all the banana peels too. What's that? <laughs> there's there's a lot of questions here. They're not eating those but, bananas. But,
0: and that's the other thing; they make no attempt to explain. It does not anything. matter. It's yeah. just fun. Exactly, and you yeah. can just have fun, and it doesn't like there. I I had to catch myself at the beginning of the game. From like looking around every corner and like trying to like look around like no it's it's much more straightforward than that yeah you just yeah. there might be a few monkeys hidden here and there but you've got this radar that's just gonna tell you <laughs> yes. so you just stop and look around yeah. you yeah. don't have to I like that pick that. up every single stone yeah and I feel like uh, you know that I think there's a lot of that that's sort of missing from games a lot of times like if someone were going to if Ape escape never happened and someone were gonna sit down and make that game today. It would have giant sprawling levels, mm. and you would you would see something off in the distance, um, and then you would be expected to like, oh, I, I can get there, yeah. and there's going to be monkeys there, and there's probably and there's going to be hidden monkeys, and, and not not yeah. only hidden monkeys, but there would be like golden banana peels, like a hundred in every level, <laughs> yep. and they're yep. very secret locations. I feel like you're talking about a game <laughs> that already existed around that time. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds
3: really familiar. <laughs>
0: Coins, maybe? Or Is it Lego
3: Star Wars? Well, well, before that, but yes, Uh, well, all of the Mario.
0: So Super Mario sixty four has some of that too, and I and I think the recent games, they yeah, the the level size and epicness of the the levels has. Actually,
1: that's really interesting to me that you mentioned that because so Super Mario sixty four is like the three D game, right? It was like the progenitor around
0: this time, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And the fact that it does that. Like, it sort of... I feel like it paved the way for... Look yeah. at how much fun yeah. people have finding all of the little hidden secrets yeah. in this.
2: Right.
1: I don't know that's... No, you're totally, are,
2: I mean, because, yeah. obviously, Super Mario essentially invented the platformer, right? I mean, Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean... Because I've been... This is a whole sidebar, but um, we were talking the other day about Fetch quests Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were. In a non-public forum. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean you know, we were sort of talking about this, that Reddit thread that was like, why are there so many fetch quests and how, when are we going to stop with the fetch quests and stop giving me content I don't want. But I mean, you could in some ways make the same argument about platformers, right? I mean, you could say, why are there so many of this single pretty narrow genre, which focuses on this again, pretty narrow set of conventions. Um, and it's, I think you're right. It's because it's so successful, right? And it's because once you once people kind of latch onto this idea, they just won't let it go. Mm-hmm.
0: And um,
1: because people will keep finding the yeah. golden banana peel, yeah,
0: like, yeah.
1: they still I mean, want. But it. I, I,
0: yes and no. Like I think a lot of the like yes, platformers are have ballooned, and people still like enjoy playing them but i don't think everybody tries to get 100% of all of the crazy content that's in them. in fact, no. i think a very small percentage just, of people just do. The four yeah. for you guys. <laughs> but, but i think but i also think that nowadays if a game did not have those things that somehow that's a mark against it. yeah. Mm-hmm. and i and i my my worry is that we're putting in a lot of this effort into technology and procedural generation and all this stuff just to add that that checkbox yeah. thing that not a whole lot of people actually care about. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't ultimately provide do, much value. Yeah, they think they do. And it doesn't actually provide that much value. Mm-hmm. In In Super Mario 64, yeah, there's a lot of extra stars like everywhere to, to to get. But that's because certain certain places were locked based on how many stars you had. And so you could go after all the easy stars. But those, some of those easy stars are actually kind of hard. So maybe you can't get them. Well, you can always go to an easier level that maybe you mastered and get one of those harder stars, but that might be easier for you, and then you can still get to that content. Mm -hmm. It's not just like extra stuff just for extra stuff. It it had like a purpose, but now there's literally, like it's just a thing that floats. It serves no purpose, it doesn't unlock anything other than there's there's a, there's a stat somewhere in the menu that says that yeah. there's a hundred of them and yeah. you only have two. And then when you throw
3: in the crazy concept of in-game currency and specialized currencies yeah. where you can collect a bunch of those star coins to buy this thing that's a collectible thing that does absolutely
0: nothing, mm. Okay, so it blows that even farther out.
1: Can we go further We're talking about the gotcha box? Yeah, I know. Because <laughs>
0: I... So, some of this. <laughs> so this
1: is another example to me of them experimenting what to do with their collectibles. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Because... So, in the first game, there were coins, but by collecting its in like, into
4: cookies yeah, it's it? if you yeah. get a
1: hundred coins, it turns into a cookie, yeah, that's it, or a jacket. I think it's a jacket if you get a hundred coins. Yeah. I can't
4: remember, but, but it what it was kind more of jacket. Host
1: a level up
2: (laughs) jacket
1: or like a a life
2: jacket it was a life
3: jacket you know I'm sorry they didn't send you a jacket (laughs) to your house
2: (laughs) you know in the 70s (laughs) if you cut out these little things on the back of comic books Uh and you sent them in (laughs) in about 6 to 8 weeks you'd get something back (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's
1: exactly
5: Maybe.
2: like that. Is it like that? It's yeah, exactly but. like that. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, but in Go this ahead. game,
1: they still have the coins. They got rid of the actual collectibles, because in the first game, they had these giant red, the Spectre Coins, you remember the yes, Spectre Coins? yeah. They had those hidden collectibles. This game does not have those. It just has the regular coins that you use in a literal, like they literally just call it a gotcha box because that's what it is, right?
2: <laughs> Loot you, box, I think. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you put in ten coins, the and then you get loop. a yeah. random thing. And yeah. that thing could be, it fills your health up. It could be... Here's a haiku. <laughs> it, could, right. here's it could
2: be a new emote. Fortune.
1: You don't a know yeah, exactly. It could
2: be like a win pose after you've yeah. done the like, move of the day. Did an you get Olympic the really weird skin.
1: science facts? It could. Yeah. The Olympic science facts are Cup. super World World weird. World Cup yeah.
2: 2018. Exactly. You could get a World Cup 2018 skin. Yeah. If you got enough coins in the gacha yeah. box. The, but the, the monkeys
4: can have little different shorts. <laughs> yeah.
1: Skins. <laughs> yeah. So there's weird random stuff in that. Like the science facts are weird. Because one of them was really, like it was about like how many teeth shark have or something yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know
4: so, that feels like exactly so, like the kind of thing circa that era that or like the monkey are fables like kids magazines <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. like, yeah or something. It's
1: exactly like, yeah. like highlights I mean, exactly. So, <laughs> so part of me it's is cricket. like
4: exactly. so part
1: of me was really confused because I'm so used to the coins I grab being used for a certain type of thing like, mm-hmm. right and this it was just a fun little confetti box yeah. and Thinking about this game being for kids, like, they just want to pull that lever yeah. over and Almost over
2: and over like and a slot over machine. Over and over again. Oh, yeah. So now yeah. the question is, is Ape Escape 2 the first ever example of a loot box? Oh, like, no, no there can't definitely no. other stuff. I don't know. That can't what? be a
4: new thing in 2002. No,
2: <laughs> no but, but, I mean, so. Like an actual, like. Yeah. Like a loot box. I mean, because well, essentially it really is, you've. you've you know, you're not paying, yeah. but yeah. it's experimenting with getting players comfortable with the idea, right. of having a currency that that gives them a sort of slot machine like. experience. But now, I,
1: I don't think it is. I mean, because it's based on a a real, like
2: a real thing, thing yeah. that they can
1: do at the grocery store, right? I feel like that's what making condition
2: That's the original sticker loot box, m- right? Sticker here. machines. Right? right. With but the, those little acorns. Yeah. Sticky hands. The, the thing that I like
3: about the, uh, <laughs> oh, those are so great. Uh, I still like this. Right? Um, but
0: the thing that I like about this version of loot boxes is, is that um, the currency to do it is everywhere. And it's really easy to get. They even give it to you when yeah. you do the training missions. Yep they give you enough to do one of the things. But also, yeah. without even trying, I In have... the
1: casino level, you can get, like, 500 every
0: single time right. you the level. So, it's, you know, it's not exploitative or anything. It, and it, it just has things that help you, but it has things that you don't need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can use it to get... If, if, invariably, by the time you're halfway through the game, you're going to have hundreds yeah. to spend. Uh, and you can just sit there all day, and you can... Like, I do this frequently, as I just go in there and I... I need I need two extra lives and I'll just sit there until I get two extra lives mm-hmm. and then I like, get enough cookies to you know feel comfortable and then I go to the next level. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, it's, I mean there's also the mini games that are hidden in there which I knew that there was going to be mini games because yeah because <laughs> this is hyper game that it is but yeah I don't know I couldn't I couldn't tell if it felt exploitative or if I liked it I, but it's just a sign of them still trying to experiment right. with something right
2: yeah I, I mean to tell you the truth I really you know I like slot machines too when I go to a casino so I mean, I'm not yeah. opposed to the concept I mean our brains love them um and I also, uh, Brad mentioned a while ago that that the whole, the kind of sequence of emerging mechanics was really fun, like sort of gadget-based mechanics. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sort of with each level for a while or every couple of levels, you're getting this new tool that gives you something fun to do. And, you know, I'm, those things still happen in games today, but it, it, it was, was nice to have it yeah, like I really found that fun and and they were easy to learn. Um Are there
1: any What did we... you get out of the
0: box? What did we... Cause There's
1: a bunch of gadgets I still don't have unlocked, and I, have, I wonder.
0: No. Where I have they th- come. I have three that I haven't unlocked yet, um in where I'm at in the game. It was Greece. So, I don't know. We should we <laughs> should look it up. But uh <laughs> the the new mechanics and Yeah.
2: No, so in Greece there were mechanics that it I couldn't understand for a while. Mhm. Um, I've been actually thinking about Greece in a couple of ways tonight. I mean, one is when you were talking about collectibles, like how it was trying to do a little bit of that, right? And, but, why? but not very well, and not, not yeah. clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it was a platformer, right? That's what I kept thinking. Again, going back to that, like what you're trying to accomplish emotionally here, and then having these mechanics that are like, yeah. Um, anyway, but. But yeah, they also had a couple of cases where, unlike this game, I felt like I think you just showed me how to do something. Yeah. I think I'm am I doing it? Because I'm not really sure if I'm doing There's it right. Ice,
1: yeah. ice cube puzzles. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and just just to be clear, like I have no issue with with just giving me the basics yeah. and then letting me experiment mm-hmm. and figure out how to solve like these puzzles on my own and yeah. combine them in unique ways. I just hate it when they just zero information. They're like. You know, they don't even tell you what control to use. just like, you have the block power now. Go crazy. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, so I turn into a block. Like, I can experiment a little bit with this, but give me, like, a hint. Be like, this is good for, like, reaching new locations or breaking
0: through things. Like, that's, Mm -hmm. you know. Or or show me a block Mm -hmm. falling through something. Like, after after you give me the power, show me something in the environment doing the same thing so that I can get it. Yeah, Anodyne was... uh,
3: you were saying that there was a lot of sort of popular games and popular. It's popular in indie games not to, not to, to, to really go into details mm-hmm. about what things do. Anodyne is completely like well, It was hours so like before we figured out the f- the broom f- on the floaty water? thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, sure. Well,
1: and but but also I feel like it was playing off of the fact that you're supposed to know the, the conventions the game of game. the genre, right? Yeah. And that was part I of the remember. whole thing. But you're right that it that was like, that was definitely a factor in not being able to progress all that well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally can't remember
4: Anodyne. It's last month. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> A game that we what played. Is, what was so, it? So From music so studios. You yeah. don't Anodyne. even remember norm- and you're the you're the kid. You have a broom, and you're trying to gather enough cards to get through this gate. It was a Zelda. You liked the the homage. city top scene. There was a line in there that really yeah. connected oh with God.
3: you. Oh right. <laughs> Joe, Joe why, why don't you you take a minute to go back to last month's podcast? Right.
2: Brush up. It was the pixel art. Way, yeah. It was the yeah. pixel art one with all the weird creatures. Yes. And we went <laughs> to the desert and things place, so, and other places and the beach. All right.
4: Thanks. And to hell, I thanks, guess.
2: Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and to a hotel where I met a beautiful girl who
0: told me a story
2: about night and stars. Okay, so, thanks.
0: I, I think there's plenty of room Joe's back. for a a game that is just fun like this. Mm. And this game has a lot of, like, sight gags. And, like, the I mean, just a few, like, peppered in here and there. The but, puns of the names. Of yeah, what? the, the yes. names have lots of crazy puns based on either the environment that you're in or, like, what that monkey is specifically doing. I think there's room for a game that zeroes in on that and does a lot of focus on that. My worry, though, is that in today's environment, if it was done, it would also be... That part would be might be done very well, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't treat the mechanics, um, you know, in a way that is also fun, like Ape Escape is, where mm-hmm. there's... Here's this thing that's purely just fun. We're gonna teach you how to use it, and then
3: go crazy. So wait, yeah. so here's a question.
0: Just um, got me wondering here. How old were you guys when when it
3: came out and you played it? What was about what age? The
4: first game. So yeah, I, then, never, no, I, I never, I never well, either. I never played the second one, but I would have been. 4 when the first one came out. So it was literally mm-hmm. one of the first 3D games I can remember playing. Oh wow. Cuz that Gosh. was 99.
1: But I definitely didn't play it when it came out.
4: No, so it was it was probably a, a year or two after that, but it wasn't Longer. it wasn't a long
0: time for me. Uh, so y'all were y'all were pretty pretty young. Under yeah. 10. Yeah, a, yeah, you weren't teenagers I twen- was twen- probably when I played this, I want to say that I was in 6th or 7th grade. Okay. No, wait. No, no, no. Hold on. This game came out in two thousand two. Mm-hmm. July two thousand two. So I was in I was in um, I was in either eighth grade, I believe. Okay, I think it was eighth or ninth grade.
3: Oh wow, okay. Eighth, so nine. so you were you were a teen, you you're right on right at a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and the reason I'm wondering this is I'm wondering if you gave this to a kid who's 12, 13, 14 now, um, in the age of Fortnite and all of this. I'm thinking specifically of my 12-year-old son. If I set him down on the bed and said, "Hey, I, here's this cool, funny game uh, called Apescape. Would you, give it a try?" and I wonder how it would be received.
1: Maybe you should
3: try. I could I could actually go home and experiment. <laughs> yeah, with
0: yeah. But my my I'll worry would be the the camera. Being I uh, used no. to
1: higher quality
0: experiences. I don't think the, the cameras are a little clumsy too.
2: But, but at the same I, time,
1: like I, I I don't know when I was like 10. I only had a few games to play, so I had the determination to have fun with this right, game yeah. no matter how difficult it was for yeah, me to do right, so. Yeah. So I don't know if that would be...
4: Because even if you had the money to get another game, it was physical right. only, and if you yeah. didn't live near a store that sold games... Like we at the very <laughs> it's least, you like, like so three weeks. Solitaire is
3: really fun <laughs> when all you have is a deck of cards yeah. by yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you try to play
0: that while there's something else to play, mm-hmm. just... So I... I had books. What? (laughs) So around the time that this game was out, there was another game, or maybe slightly after when this game came out. But either way, on the PS2, Mm -hmm. there was also Ratchet & Clank, Mm -hmm. which was another game. um, Yeah, yes, Super Mario had, like, you know, big epic levels, but Ratchet & Clank had, like, cinematic levels. Um, And I think that also sort of set us down this path of having these big, Expansive levels, and I think that was happening around this time, that I, and I brought that up for a reason and it escaped me Just as I right. came Well, because in a lot of like, ways it's a similar
1: game, right? right? So it, uh, so there were lots of ma- other mascot platformers, but Like Ratchet and Clank did the whole third-person dedicated right. thing. It also had lots of different tools that you can use. They were all, yeah. di- they were all guns, but they mm-hmm. were all yeah. different right. tools <laughs> that you could use. And it did, it, it sort of, it, but it felt like the good cartoons, yeah, right yeah, like definitely. it had that sort of like tone to it. so I don't know I, I feel like they're worth considering as similar. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah. Ratchet & Clank might have been a, a lot is the logical next step after something yeah.
0: definitely they, they learned the good lessons from Eve Escape and then built on top of
2: It also feels at least to me like a lot of that kind of gameplay has just moved to mobile. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there are a lot of games on mobile that have small levels with pretty discrete mechanics that are mm-hmm. easy to learn and 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 we call them now sort of casual okay. games or we call
0: them um, I, I could almost see that, yeah, but I feel like this i I would still put this at a slightly higher caliber than that,
1: just because of the complex controls
0: right but there's there's a,
3: a, a Twelve-year-old right now who's playing some of these games who, when he gets to your age now, is going to look back and go, "I put those mobile games at a ho- slightly
2: higher caliber
3: <laughs> sure. than, than what you're talking." Maybe. Than this, I don't know. Uh,
0: <laughs> but I
2: will I, plug your in your brain games. But just in right terms of, is, I, I think, I mean, because there are a gajillion of them, I think that we could probably find games that have not the same control yeah. schemes. And, and complexity of the DualShock, but but the same kind of feel,
1: yeah, of I like could that.
2: you know what maybe. I mean, of like a, a minimal collection, little new mechanics.
0: Because um, I I well, th- this is sort of the point that I was going to make is that I don't I don't see any game made in the past eight years that is like this game. Like I I see games that have been made that are they're platformers. I see games that have been made that maybe don't have a whole lot of mechanics. But there's a, there's a simplicity of this game, even though it has pretty, I, what I feel are significant flaws now, because it's 2019 in the controls, um, and like a little bit in the way health is done and like the idea of having lives in a platformer bothers me. But um, putting those, those aside, like the simplicity of this game and the just like sheer fun of this game, I, I don't, I have not seen other games that are like that. So,
3: out, listeners out there who are listening to this, uh, contact us and tell us games that... Argue with Robbie, basically. Yeah. So <laughs> tell it, us games that it, you so think.
1: I, I do feel like some developers, particularly indie developers that are nostalgic for these games, have started trying. Yeah. Because you get ukulele, right? Which was sort of oh, a failure. That, you know, I
0: haven't played
4: that.
1: And Hat in Time. Snake Pass. And Snake Pass. Which is a little
4: bit weird example. But it's it's it's
1: well, because it's really mechanic it's innovates mechanics, but the actual like platforming.
3: You know what's also a (laughs) weird example? Ape Escape. It's a weird example. yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) But I'm saying all three of those games came out last year. Like it's like a right now, like people are Mm -hmm. starting to try and recapture that again. And so I find it a really interesting moment to go back and play one of the older ones. Yeah and
4: I mean maybe it's just me, but I I do think there is a building fatigue for these sort of mega-huge McBig games. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like
0: <laughs> I, I like it. You mean um, God of War.
4: <laughs> so even that, I don't think so. Like, it's... You can do pretty much everything there is to do in God of War in, like, 20 to 30 hours. Um, Which is a
1: lot compared to a lot of indie games, but compared to these other games like, that are yeah. demanding so, thousand hours of yeah, time. Yeah.
4: Like, I played the Assassin's Creed series all the way up beats every console game up until <coughs> uh, origins and people were talking about how tired the series was but it was one of those things i bought myself for christmas every year i sat down i played the story it had issues with like collectibles and stuff like that but i just have not been able to get into the new games like they're absolutely massive like open worlds um they're like like level gated gear you could easily spend like a hundred plus hours in each of these games, and they're still coming out every year, pretty much. But um, and I have no desire to play it. I tried; I yeah. couldn't even finish the story. That's of, really of interesting because that. you
1: get so fatigued by all the side stuff that they're trying to distract yeah. you with. Yeah.
4: And that that was a series that I played for a long time, even when people were saying like it's kind of just not really there anymore. But I still enjoyed what it was doing, and so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the fact that those two two games are selling really well <laughs> means that it might just be me. But I can can at least conceive of sort of a a pushback but against that a little bit. I feel
1: bit. like that's because of just the marketing phenomenon of people wanting at least a dollar per hour in their games, right? That the weird arbitrary like feeling like uh, they're paying so much for the games, it has to have mm-hmm. this certain level of of hours they get out right. of it, regardless of the quality of those hours. Yeah. They need to be there. Well,
4: and I think in some ways, for a lot of people, it's it's surpassed a dollar per hour thing into a. Effectively, they want an infinite amount of time because yes, of the sure. social yeah. element. Like, yes, I do. They're like, "Oh, you mean I?" There's no in-game for Destiny Two. Like, after I've beat it and played it with my friends for about sixty hours, that's it. I can't play this every day for the next nine months. I, I wonder. Like, I wonder how what? much uh,
3: online gaming uh, and particularly massive multiplayer consists uh, persistent worlds, rather. I wonder how much that uh, affects that. How much that makes people want that
4: yeah you know what I mean well I mean I think I think you can even just look at like how MMOs have sort of changed to see like as, as more saturated as this market gets um, particularly like show, social games there's only so much time you can put into yeah. any single one of them so like yeah. you essentially have to pick one for a couple years and if all your friends aren't playing that one too yeah. then that's not gonna be the one that you've made. you've made a whole bunch of new friends yeah. in your yeah. game right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh. It is crazy to think about, though, just the numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I sometimes think about, so I don't know if you guys ever pay attention to the MPAA uh, registration numbers on films, but the number is ridiculously small relative to how long films have been around. So, like, this year, they're in the 52,000s. Mm-hmm. So this is this is every film that's ever been registered to be shown in the United States back from when they started registering them which is in, in I think the
4: 50s. Like last year there were like I think 13,000 games released. Yeah, and scene. so yeah. so think oh, about yeah. that. Wow.
2: So so in a given year you're talking about 5 to 700 movies total mm-hmm. for the entire planet are getting these these numbers and that number has not really changed because they're expensive to make and then they have to be, you know, but yeah, like and in terms of dividing the time out amongst our lives, right? I mean so yeah. we're talking about if you took a dozen of these games and just played those, right, you could play nothing one else. One per month. Yeah, exactly. right. Yeah.
4: Exactly. Say <laughs> so, one for month. <laughs> <laughs> you would barely have time to breathe. With an occasional break every six months, exactly. you know. Exactly uh, for, don't for something longer. Game. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but it is staggering to think about. And yeah. um I mean, part of that is a technological change, right? I mean, so you've got tools now that make it... I mean, so you, it's still very hard to make a good film without incredibly expensive equipment, mm-hmm. right? So a single film keyboard. camera that costs... Film or digital camera that costs forty, fifty, seventy thousand dollars for 70000 for one camera. Yeah. But we can sit in our homes, right? And with free software mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and a reasonably good computer, you can make... I think
4: it's also important. Like A that, game. that's definitely valid, but it's important to consider that like uh, that space, that steam like space for for film also exists. So the the fifty thousand is really the the triple A movies yeah. effectively. No, but, that's fair. To but say. people would like uh, an iPhone and YouTube are making twenty even hour long yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. YouTube short uh, films. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. That, yep. No, that's a good point, for sure. But um, it's definitely, it, it's a key difference, though, uh, that there's still a difference in scale. Because even, I think, the number of just games in sheer mass that reach a wide audience is probably yeah. much higher than... But concern.
2: it's certainly, probably a comparison to something like, I mean, I still don't really understand what YouTube Red is, but <laughs> <laughs> probably that would be a fair comparison, yeah. right? That there's there's a market where people will pay for non-registered, non, non-AAA film um across a wide range of genres and, and entertainers and, and content creators um or Patreon's probably another kind of parallel example right that, yeah that content creation has exploded there too so yeah no, i mean it's a totally it's a valid point but but yeah it's crazy um it's crazy to think about the numbers I'm
4: curious how many games were made in 2002 now
0: yeah, like uh,
2: what was yeah
4: what was you that you
2: could actually get access. To yeah,
4: it. yeah you could like yeah. even
2: through Shareware
4: or whatever we were doing <laughs> back then. <laughs> because I mean, my
2: BBS. <laughs> yeah.
5: Like,
4: I don't know. I haven't even <laughs> been using like digital distribution for that long. <coughs> like I remember the first time. I bought a game at a store, and it had just a Steam code. Which buying uh-huh. a PC game at a store is already weird. Like now, now. yeah. yeah. Um, but even then, that the translation was boxes weird for me. with the little snappy. Yeah, it
1: just has a
5: code.
2: in yeah. It. Yep. The year was 1994.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick, just yes. to bring it back to to Ape Escape, um, one of the things that I liked about the game was the bosses. And and the mini-bosses, in that it wasn't just an excuse to make you prove your mastery of the latest weapon that you got. Mm-hmm. In fact, none of them really were like, you have to use your latest weapon. It was just sort of an interesting, fun battle. Sidetrack. Yeah. Side track. yeah. Um, Some
1: of the character designs, I was not crazy. About,
0: oh, yeah, yeah. Though. No, I, I agree with that.
1: I, they all made me very uncomfortable I and
4: mean, very. Yeah, definitely. Ways.
0: They like, were called the freaky monkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They <laughs> were called the
4: freaky five. It wasn't the cool monkey five, <laughs> or like the friendly monkey five. The first one is
1: just a cop.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, no, the, <laughs> but the motorized
0: unicycle. But his intro was just like <laughs> insane. It was like like an anime movie. Yeah. None, none of yeah. the other bosses that that I fought were like as good as his. But yeah,
2: that one was definitely that weird. one
0: was great. Yeah. But
2: and where were we? Like. <laughs> Some okay. kind of, like, a <laughs> weird traffic light, lamp. like, yeah. Like, this is purgatory. <laughs> exactly. like, yes. You're just exactly. like, why are there so many traffic lights? And why are they blue? And they're facing
1: yeah. in Joe, all Joe, I want to hear how you in particular felt about
2: that <laughs> <Yeah. because> So <laughs> I just blew right through. <laughs> I didn't care. I scoff at traffic lights. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so one one thing, if in a hypothetical, like, future version of Ape Escape would be basically the level design of Ape Escape 2 with better 3D controls. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I really like about modern day 3D platformers are the boss battles. Mm-hmm. Except when, when I just got a new weapon or a new move or whatever, and now that's the thing that I have to exploit to beat this over
1: and over again. Usually,
0: <laughs> yeah, but I still like the the idea that like it's usually a boss. It's like way bigger than you, and it like it feels very intimidating and really hard. Um, and I and I like the ape escape bosses were were fine. Some of them were were kind of hard, but I wish that there was like just slightly more to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's,
1: yeah, a lot of them it felt so part of it seemed like they were trying to get at the thing they did with the rest of the game of letting you use all these different tools and like there's different ways to solve yeah. the problem, but it really ended up not working out mm-hmm. that way. Like I it like it was, it was particular it was the pink one. Yeah. The one on the stage.
4: Yeah. That was the last and one I fought that gave me the most trouble.
1: I I just kept <coughs> being like, okay, I can't catch you with the stupid sword. So I'm gonna double jump and then pull out my Home, my homing, uh yeah. my homing catapult, and just go like, and I just felt like that's not the way I Wait, should be.
0: That's what you did, really? Yeah, that I love,
3: I love that did this not game that at all. allowed you to to take two yeah. different, yeah, because uh, so many of these, they're like uh, we were kind of talking about earlier. You're pigeonholed into there's one way to get this guy, and you have yeah. to have the right yeah. tool, you and the right spot. quick time, the right pattern. pattern. I hate that in these kinds. Of, it's so endlessly frustrating. I, See, I, I do think the game sort awesome. of
1: did that still, but
0: it... I
4: just spammed the hula hoop to beat everybody. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <Wow>. I'm just, <laughs> looking, I'm was just take off, That was
0: my least favorite gadget. That's another. That's another new time. sentence.
4: I wow. spammed the hula
3: <laughs> hoop. Like,
0: exactly. Circle, circle, so, circle, <laughs> circle, circle, go. Circle, 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 go. <laughs> yep. So for the pink one, I I got really good at like switching from the the helicopter to the sword, and just every everything was jump or helicopter to avoid like any of the electric things that she was sending towards Ooh. me um, and then and then helicopter to get to the stage and then hit her Yeah,
1: then... see I had the problem I couldn't get on the stage fast enough. Right. And so I just would just double jump and then shoot. Wow. Do you remember
0: the theater battle in
2: near?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I do remember, it was very yeah. different. It was very different.
1: <laughs> Can we do a compare and contrast <laughs> essay on? Yeah, yeah between
2: <laughs> that one. In <laughs> there were no, like, semi-reanimated corpses on what?
0: spikes. What? But, what a but it was pretty interesting that, like, I... All the... I, for some reason, I felt the moment where she flips out and then suddenly the that whole, like, uh, performance stage that she's it in... It got
1: dark. Like, suddenly becomes idea. really
0: dark. Like... That was that was kind of a cool
3: moment. What that if song. we did compare and analyze these two and, and come to the conclusion that Neoritamina is it is a retelling... it's a retell like a almost obsessed with to escape
2: escape too. Too. and then we, we find like an obscure article interviewing <laughs> <laughs> the design he's like when I was a boy <laughs> I loved the Rosebud that's right no, that's a good it's point like if
4: the, you,
1: it's like the comparison between uh, what's the movie with the train on the
4: ice. Snowpierce? Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer? is a sequel to Willow's Circus and Factory. Yeah. yeah. Ever. <laughs> but I think I think that's a good point actually. If you modernized Ape Escape and it came <laughs> Wait, out in 2019, it would be It would be about like the fundamental yes. like like removal of the humanity by the monkeys by like, taking away right. their intelligence yeah. and like Specter would be this like deep anti-hero. And, I think uh, you
3: guys are on to something.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Dig deeper into this.
2: this is right. You get to I the want... scene where, where the monkeys take their suits off uh, and they're no. actually cyborgs. Because right. <laughs> right. that's my favorite scene. In really, the cyborgs but, take and, their and stuff yeah, off and, and, and the they're actually the humans
0: the I want inside.
3: the gritty reboot of Ape <laughs> <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> that would I think so it's great. called Neurotopta.
0: <laughs> and so I'm part of the problem because I... Like gritty reboots of things, Battlestar Galactica is one of my favorite shows in the whole wide world. Even the ending, I don't care what anybody. Uh, does. And yet we're still friends, right? <laughs> but uh, and so I would actually probably play a gritty reboot of Abyscape. But of course you would. Even but what I really like about <laughs> but what I really like about Abyscape. Is that it's it's so. <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah, it's yeah. the opposite. Yeah. It's just so pure and just joy and it's just. It's just. <laughs> yeah. It's cotton candy. It's even goofy. the soundtrack.
2: Because, right. like, even oh. on the. The soundtrack like, is very
5: good. The, 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 well, and
2: even on the scary level, like the kind of haunted house yeah. level, the soundtrack doesn't really change. It's still, like. <laughs> it's it's really a upbeat. place yeah. where nothing bad's gonna happen, yeah. <laughs> so don't worry.
0: It's uh, the. The part where I noticed the soundtrack the most was in the the level that took place in Spain, and it has all those um, uh-huh. the uh, the sunflowers everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's got like a pretty good like guitar track. And I'm like, wow, this is a PS2 game. Mm-hmm. I think this just, is just the kind sound of design, nice. design in general was great. Like <laughs> yeah. every
4: gadget you use, like it's really like yeah. it's yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of silly, but there's something about it that feels like, oh yes, like the little beat beep radar and everything. I remember yeah. what
3: what I was uh, when we were talking about all the different uh, sort of. Uh, accents that were going on. One of the guys' accents—I don't remember who it was—was was like a dude from *Peaky Blinders*. <laughs> Which
5: was,
4: I mean, yes. You should check out. You yeah, should go like, get those monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the same. The it same. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: Yeah, I mean. I don't think we need to talk about, like, the story or the characters no, that much. No, not at all. Right? Wait, no, we but, were just about
3: to get to the part about the deep
1: narrative in this but, game. But I just want to talk about the character design real quick, because yeah. the protagonist of this That's game, weird, Hikaru, yeah. looks the same as the protagonist from the first game, but, but he's they're... not the same person. He's <laughs> totally different people. He has the exact same hair, he yes. just does talks different, and he has a different name. But if you look at it, so from the gotcha you get lots of different concept art. And it looks like they went through a process of them creating this character and then being like... No, he's not marketable enough. No, he's not marketable uh-huh. enough. They like, there's like, you can see the evolution of him going from being a different character to oh, looking no. identical uh-huh. to the first. Like, like, totally yeah. different color
4: palette. Like, like
1: and
5: I
3: yeah, I just
1: can, and just, it just makes me laugh thinking That's about really what that creative process was like. It was, it was, like,
2: it was a I series was of board meetings <laughs> I mean, no, by yeah, people I who had that. nothing to do with that. That the de- that the gotcha box was essentially like a dev blog for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. I want there to be like. December 16th 1996 <laughs> <laughs> there's like
1: little yeah so um, it I, sort of feels that way with when games have the concept yeah. art and they have the signed right. sign and stuff yep.
0: it almost makes me think that maybe maybe that's why they started including that stuff to begin with because some artist was like look if you want to make that character blue fine but I think it looks terrible and in fact I'm gonna like put a, a a screenshot in the game somewhere <laughs> to let them you know egg? I had the idea that he would be red and you said he
2: would be blue. Nice. Like adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Hide your name in there. Yeah.
0: So are we done? You feel, feel like, like you're about to say we're done. I feel like we talked about a lot about the game. I think we should do closing thoughts. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. All right.
2: Yeah. We can do that. Yeah so can i make one last comment before oh, yeah. we get closing can, thoughts
1: can you can that comment be your closing thought
2: i guess <laughs> no you going you know, to feel like no. a closing make, make it independent yes. of, your, okay. of your closing thought and then
1: <laughs>
3: nope.
2: you're trying to get two closing thoughts out of this joe i see what you're doing
3: <laughs> we only get one <laughs> Joe. only one
2: closing pre, thought. pre-closing <laughs> thought all i want to say is in in 2019 the girl would have been the hero and the boy would have been the personal assistant that's true yes. true yes. Hey, uh, or you could have chosen whether you want it to be.
1: Yeah. But she's and the it, one that comes up with all the cool gadgets. She
0: does. She doesn't really get any credit, though. No, she doesn't. And
1: that professor.
0: Yeah, you would, exactly. get to choose, you would get to choose your gender, and you would also get to, like, swap hairstyles. You would. You would also get to choose the shape of your you ears. You could spend
2: the first 46 yeah. hours <laughs> in the character creator. Okay,
4: <laughs> real quick. I was about to make a joke, and now I want this, though. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, there would be a companion app. But it would be like AR like Pokemon Go where you go and you catch uh,
0: But now I want that. Like Ape Escape Unlimited AR Ape Escape. Yeah Oh yeah A E A- 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 R- You think we can get
3: R- the, the A- area. area
0: For the listener I just slap my forehead <laughs> In all <laughs> yeah, that, that sound you That's heard wonderful. It doesn't quite work. It almost works. <laughs> A R E A, yeah, A R E A, A R escape, augmented reality escape. You need
1: the IP rights stat.
0: Yes, I was trying to get that. Yes, yeah, that's what I was. Okay,
2: that's my final thought.
3: All
0: right. So wait, no, you have another one coming. Yeah, yeah. That was the preamble to your final thought. So I, I feel that Ape Escape was a absolutely wonderful game. I think it's hampered by just the time that it came out in, and I think we need more games that sort of capture that. Pure, lighthearted, fun for the sake of fun, not everything needs to be super epic and in your face and not everything has to take a thousand hours.
2: Mm. Nice. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, I'm grateful that there are more polygons now. Oh yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> a buffet of polygons. So many polygons. My brain and eyes are grateful. You can't even see the
1: hard edges anymore. I, know.
2: <laughs> I can only take so more many billboarded Ivy covered fences <laughs> oh, yeah. As I get closer and closer and, and they become more and more billboarded. <laughs> anyway. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, graphics cards.
1: <laughs> Shout out to NVIDIA. <laughs> That's right. um, so, yeah, I'm really, actually really, really glad that we played this game because it's so very different than all the other yeah. stuff that we usually play. Um, because I feel like there's a lot of benefit in going back and thinking about how fast games have evolved and like different ways that the things that we enjoy out of games have changed because um, I totally agree that it's nice to have games that are just fun um, even if it's not personally you know what I usually want to spend my time doing but that doesn't mean they don't have a place anymore yeah. so and yeah Napescape was so it used to be that for me and so it was cool to see it again
4: yeah so uh, yeah a lot of what Olivia said I mean you know I think it's important to look back at games, uh, especially for developers. I, I think sometimes we get lost in our own sort of like personal nostalgia, and I mean that's a part of this game mm-hmm. for me. Um, but I think sort of separating that and looking back and seeing sort of where you where you came from in a way, the same way that we we study the history of film if you're a filmmaker, etc. is is really useful, and it's yeah, it's it's a fun. A fun game that you don't have to like overanalyze or, or dig into to, to really just enjoy it, uh, but still provides a lot of value um, from a developer's perspective. Yeah.
3: I think I enjoyed hearing, particularly the three of you, uh, Robbie Tanner and Olivia, your personal nostalgia to this game as much as I enjoyed playing the game. Uh, <laughs> just the this is one of the the the. G- the games that I've seen the three of you the most your eyes lighting up in a sort of a childlike it, it, which is really cool Wonder and I, I know that that doesn't translate into the audio podcast very well but just trust me The one, yeah the wonderment <laughs> on nice. their faces as they were talking about yeah when I was 12 and played or you know when I was a kid and played this this happened um, I, I I agree with all of this it's a fun game it's a silly game it's uh, I, even as a fun silly simple relatively "Quote unquote simple game, there's so much going on in it. Uh, even in these tiny levels, there's so it's big even on a tiny scale. And I I liked I was a pleasant wonderfully pleasantly surprised uh, by that.
2: So next month, Joust. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> picking. <laughs> Let's keep going for for July. We're going back to Joust and then Space War, <laughs>
4: but not Space Ace
3: Well or Dragon's Lair.
4: No.
5: Now,
4: that, <laughs> that wasn't in the poll. Oh. What was in the poll was Old Man's Journey and Wander Song, and Wander Song One. And so Wander Song is uh, still available in the Humble Bundle if you're listening to this through the Patreon. The Humble Monthly Bundle. The Humble Monthly Bundle for May. So you can pick that up in a host of other games, including the Way Too Big Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey <laughs> No Origins for $12. Which one? One so, of them. It's one of them. Um, begins with a no. <laughs> but but yeah. So next month is Wander Song. Um, yeah.
3: Thank you for the people who voted on the Patreon for Wonder Song, or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for all of you on the Patreon who voted uh, for the other game, that lost the loser Ooh. game. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and those who did both. Yeah. <laughs> that one guy who did both. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why are you guys looking at me? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I was looking this way for a while. And so then... And so... We'll just play along with that game and we'll see you next month. Next month? Yes. Yeah.
1: And don't forget to, um, to support us on Patreon if you want to vote in feature
2: polls. That's why yes. we were looking at you. <laughs>
1: because every month we have a poll which will help us guide our podcast a little bit if you back us for $2 or more you can vote in those polls and for $5 or more you can get access to our blooper reels and here are exclusive Avengers Endgame hot (laughs) takes that happened, I'm sure that's going to be a good one um,
3: um the music that you're probably hearing right below us right now is by Kevin McLeod. It's called Plain Loafer. Um we have links to his other stuff. It's a great little tune and he's he's good at what he does. And we like putting that in here at the end of our podcast. And until next time, uh thanks for listening and thanks for playing along with us. Um if you did play along Give us some comments about it. Talk to us on Facebook or Twitter or on our website. And uh, we will see you guys
0: next month. Bye. 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 Go bananas. (laughs) Well said. Well said. (laughs)